0: This is the What If Podcast. Hi, Spencer. Welcome to the What If Podcast. Hey,
1: Ryan. What's going on? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. It feels good to be back. Yeah, it's been a minute. Maybe. I don't know. I mean... We record these and we put them out and then maybe it just happens. <laughs> I don't...
0: I, maybe. What's up, future people? What's up, future people? Greetings. How's the future? Hope I'm not dead. The past is okay. I hope the future is better. Only you could be the judge of that, future people.
1: <sighs> so... We, uh, we got a very special, very dear-to-my-heart topic today.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, we do. I still, it makes me want to sing You Make Me Feel
1: every time okay. I hear it. So I was playing this, I was chopping this up earlier, and uh, Katie was like, are you playing Goldeneye in there?
0: Oh, right?
1: okay. Yeah. Never... Never would have crossed my yeah, mind, but I don't, which I, level, I don't remember which level it is. I think it's like the is the No, oh, uh, I think it's tomb. I think you're right. Very similar to Goldeneye. Drums, it's got some classic like 80s drums. Yeah. It's also very similar to the Halloween theme. To which one? Uh, isn't it Halloween or is it Friday the 13th? I always Halloween. get those
0: confused. No, I think you're right. I think it is Halloween. Whatever. Anyway, shout out to Unsolved Mysteries. Shout out to Bobby Stacks. Don't lose your heart, Robert Stack. Don't lose your heart. Hey, these mysteries are smart, Robert Stack. These mysteries are smart. (laughs) So today we're talking about what if you got away with it? What if you got away with it? Which is our version of saying uh, sort of, not, not our own version of Unsolved Mysteries, but sort of our own version of Unsolved Mysteries. Only in that these are more like I don't know, I feel like we've got so many stories of people who get away with Something, and I think today we're all talking about ostensibly all three things are crimes.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. We're gonna talk about. Um, so I have a story uh, uh, varying degrees of severity, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna talk I about.
1: Will tell you three things.
0: <laughs> uh, is uh, we're gonna talk about an air, uh, an airplane hijacking. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna talk about. Uh, I'm gonna tell you a story about a casino robbery. Yep. And you got one for me. What are you gonna tell me about?
1: Uh, and I, I think we're gonna open with this one I'm, Let's do it. I want to talk about
0: the max headroom incident Is it is that how? It, okay? So should we just dive in? Yeah, we might as well if you're ready to dive in I'm ready to okay. dive in because I already have questions All right. Do you want you want me to, to lay it out first? Yeah, but okay But I I just want to know is the max headroom incident how it's like heard and understood like you should... um <laughs> yeah that's the one i was looking for uh-huh uh-huh um
1: yes if you if you're trying to look this specific incident up max headroom incident should get you there okay the reason we'll link to it in the show notes so max headroom was this tv british tv show that ran for two years from 87 to 88 okay and the The year i was born shout out to me yeah (laughs) way to go ryan thank you Glad you're here, buddy. Thank you. Me too. Uh, the main character was this dude. He was, I think he was supposed to be like a CIA or well, whatever, MI6 agent or MI6. something. six, But he was also a robot slash artificial intelligence dude.
0: Wait, is MI6 a real thing or is that like Mission Impossible?
1: Isn't that the British... Am I, am I thinking of the wrong thing? Isn't that the no, British
0: version of the CIA? But that's what I'm thinking. But the reason I'm thinking, uh, but I'm, but my question is, is the only reason I'm thinking that is because of the Mission Impossible movies? Yeah, MI
1: five and MI six is like their FBI and their CIA. Okay, so that's a real thing.
0: That's good. Yeah, thank you. I was just thinking like MI five and MI six in my brain triggers those things instead because I'm an idiot because we're dumb Americans because we're stupid don't know Americans what happens outside of our right. country. Yeah, so yeah. I was like,
1: oh, MI six like Mission Impossible six? Yeah. God, I'm <laughs> yes. the, I'm the worst. They probably right. made them anyway. So the show ran from eighty seven to eighty eight. It would uh, it looked like weird CGI almost because okay. it it was a, an actor, a comedian, with like a bunch of weird makeup and prosthetics and stuff on to intentionally make him look fake or like it was computer generated, but it was actually a, a guy doing it. Tight. And then they had this crazy like moving trippy. Laser CGI looking
0: background behind him. I'm I'm not super surprised this only lasted two years based on your initial description.
1: But it was like it was pretty popular. Really? Yeah. And actually, it there seems was kind of intense. There was a uh, a brief run in the U.S. on ABC also.
0: Oh, yeah. Is this something and, that like the internet could dig up and we could watch some of at some point?
1: Absolutely. And there's okay. actually there's a Max Headroom movie as well. Whoa. Yeah. But if cool. you Google Max Headroom, like Half the stuff you get is this incident we're about to talk about and half of it is like the actual show. So you can watch like highlights and like best of and stuff. And actually the full movie, Max Headroom movie, there's a VHS rip of it on YouTube as of September 3rd, 2016. Thanks internet. (laughs) So if you Google just Max Headroom, you're going to get a lot of stuff related to the show. And then you're also going to get some stuff related to this incident.
0: Dun, 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 the incident. The
1: the Max Headroom incident uh, refers to something that took place November 22nd, 1987, in the middle of a WGN broadcast in Chicago. Okay. And actually, this happened, there were two separate incidents, like, a a few minutes apart. Okay. Uh, The first one, during the WGN newscast, during the sports, they just finished giving the highlights of the lions and bears game from cool. earlier that day shout out sprouts um so this guy is like mid sports cast and this other like the screen goes blank for a second this other broadcast cuts in is is it on live tv it's live tv yeah so they're doing all across chicago Ten o'clock news all across well yeah all across chicago so or millions wherever, or of wherever people. you can see wgn so no, that's true i, I don't so know probably in, in 87 How big of a radius that was? Sure, but but like I would, I would guess
0: most of the state of Illinois.
1: Yeah. So screen goes blank for a second, and then this other broadcast cuts in, and it's this guy wearing a Max Headroom mask,
0: Halloween style.
1: Yeah, standing in front of this like moving trippy background, sort of like the Max Headroom stuff. But it's just like this corrugated metal sheet (laughs) that someone is like turning in the background in the middle of the evening news. Yes. And it's about ten seconds. Okay. There's no there's no audio or anything. It just cuts to this dude standing in front of this background for about ten seconds and then cuts back to the newscast.
0: Later that night. Wait, does the newscast know this is happening? Or did they just like are they carrying on like they didn't uh, they didn't know? I don't know
1: if the The people on air knew, but the people like behind the scenes at WGN definitely knew. Okay. So the people on air
0: might've been just like, I think he probably just kept reading scores
1: for another 10 seconds. And everybody in the
0: control room is losing their mind. Like what the fuck was that? Right. So
1: no audio made it. It was just this dude. And if you Google this, like, it's really creepy looking. It's a dude in a mask. It's a mask of a guy who's supposed to look kind of like unnatural to begin with. And he's just standing in front of this moving background for, like, five or ten seconds, and it cuts back to news. Okay. I'm weirded out. Yeah. so <laughs> I'm sufficiently weirded out. A couple hours later, uh, during an episode of Doctor Who, tight because apparently that's what WGN ran on Sunday nights, uh-huh. the same thing happens. It cuts to a black screen, and then this other broadcast cuts in. Except this time, there's audio... And they took over the airwaves for about two minutes instead of just a few seconds. Awesome. So I actually have audio Yeah, the interruption. Yes. Okay. Let's do this. So what you're going to hear at the beginning is the Doctor Who episode. And then after about five seconds, it's it gonna cuts flip. into the the other broadcasting. Just
0: real quick. I just Googled an image. I didn't actually, so it's you told hell, me this man. is what you wanted to talk about. I didn't yeah. actually watch the video. Cause okay. I was like, okay, cool. Let's, right. I'm going to wait. Yep. But I just Googled an image from it. And I think I saw it in the, like the wiki when I just saw what the incident like was. This picture of dude is weird as balls. Yeah. Like it, like oh, absolutely. it makes me feel icky. It's
1: <laughs> and the audio is not, the audio is not going to help. You, it, you should talk up with the old ones of your child. That is the only way to learn. So this is Doctor Who. Yeah. I'll
0: get you a hot drink, some dry a freaky Sounds like Wally. Sounds super distorted. <laughs> yeah. Wally. What? Am I supposed to be able to like fully understand what this dude is saying?
1: So it's very distorted, I think on purpose, because obviously guy doesn't want his voice to be recognized. Right, right.
0: Like yeah. a vocoder of some sort.
1: Yeah. He starts humming <laughs> at one point. Yeah, it's it's really weird, dude. Yeah. So there- my
0: mouth my jaw is just dropped in here right now. So that goes on for about two minutes. What is that psychopath doing on the news? So
1: there were people sitting at or home, Doctor at, Who, at I eleven at o'clock on a Sunday night, watching Doctor Who, and this comes on their screen. And again, Bam. if you if you watch the the visual, the dude he picks up a dildo and throws it at the camera at one point. Cool, <laughs>
0: cool. All right, it gets it gets pretty rowdy. He's 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 like. Uh, I stand by him more now that you told me that yeah, fact. Um, he weirded me out at first, but now he seems like
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> I support
0: dildo throwers. I you mean,
1: know? you know, he's got a sense of humor about him. Um So there's a version on YouTube where someone has actually cleaned up and transcribed the audio. Whoa!
0: So please there, tell me you have that in front of you.
1: Uh, I can oh. I can read you the transcription of the audio. Yeah, hold is on, it? Hold on one second.
0: I mean, I, I guess. If I were to if I were to guess, I would say it's probably as nonsensical as I think it is, but maybe uh, it's not. It's, it's not
1: as All right, let's 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 see if I can pull
0: it up and like I'll try and
1: uh I'm just going to head over to
0: rapgenius.com real quick and get the <laughs> lyrics for the Max Headroom incident.
1: I'll try and like narrate as the audio is playing. So here is You should walk up and with the old ones the end the end of the Doctor Who. Okay. The only way to learn And... Guts in. That does it. He's a frickin' nerd. Yeah, I think I'm better than Chuck Skorsky. Frickin' liberal. Oh, Jesus. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Catch the wave. Which was... a He... Also, at that point where he says catch the wave, he throws a Coke can at the camera. Tight. Which I think at the time, in 87, was a okay. slogan Coke of slogan. Coke. slogan? Okay. Yeah. Uh, screams and moans, it says for this point. <laughs> Your love is fading. Yeah, he threw the Coke can. Hums the theme to clutch cargo? I don't know what that was. I think it's, it's gotta be like an 80s TV show or doesn't something. Doesn't register to me either. I stole CBS,
0: but, oh. he, but he didn't. He he stole WGN.
1: <laughs> he yells, "Oh my files!" <laughs> <laughs> I forgot okay. about that part. Yeah, I really I fuck with this guy. Moans, moans <laughs> between two asterisks. Oh, I just made a giant masterpiece for all the greatest newspaper nerds. Cool. So, I mean, he's just. My brother is wearing the other one. He holds up another mask. Oh, oh. Now there are two guys. Uh, One guy has his ass out and it's being spanked with a fly swatter. Oh, good. Yep, that's what's happening in this part. There's a bare ass being spanked with a fly swatter. Oh, do it, do it. Oh, more screen. Oh, he touched his ass. And we're back to Dr. Who. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So. Wow.
0: <laughs> I feel like, like, I, w- I would, I would be so, so psyched. Okay. I don't watch the news. Just on principle. Yep. I think local news is garbage. I'm with you. I even think the national news is kind of garbage. Definitely with you. Uh, But like, sometimes you're like watching a Seinfeld rerun and it carries over into the news or whatever. And you find yourself like watching it for a couple seconds. Sure. And I would like, if this happened, I would be, I would be standing on my couch. Just so psyched. If this was started happening on live TV, like yeah, I would have, uh, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, <laughs> but this is awesome uh, like this is the wildest shit i've ever seen
1: a lot of people had different reactions i would, imma- that.
0: I would imagine in the late 80s people were probably extremely upset about a lot this. of people were pissed i yeah, bet yeah i guess it was, it was, even today people
1: would be it was pissed. taken pretty seriously um and also like these so it was most likely three people because there are two people in the shot okay a minimum of three people there are two people in the shot and there's someone filming it Yeah. So there's at least three people involved with this. And they have never been caught. And there's never even, like, really been a, a solid lead on it.
0: Also awesome.
1: Yes, right? Okay, so... So these guys, I mean, for now, almost 30 years later, have gotten away with it.
0: Is this... I guess it probably is. That's a stupid question. But I ask stupid questions all the time. Is that a crime, I guess? Like, I mean, I guess it is a crime. Okay,
1: so uh vice motherboard did like a big breakdown slash like investigative journalism piece about this within the last year or so um so I'm, i'm gonna read from that to answer your
0: question real quick cool we'll also link to this in the show notes
1: the government was unamused officials from the fcc the agency responsible for regulating america's airwaves pledged to track down the mysterious culprits and bring them to justice. <laughs> and shit in their mouths. <laughs> Agents from the FBI's Chicago... So the FBI got involved. Cool. Agents from the FBI's Chicago <laughs> field office... Nice job, dudes. <laughs> ...would soon join the investigation. Quote, I would like to inform anybody involved in this kind of thing that there's a maximum maximum penalty of $100,000, one year in jail, or both. End quote.
0: Cool. for For...
1: Like, I guess I'm still like... So it's a very so again stealing quoting, this is signal. quoting an FCC
0: spokesman. Yeah, yeah. Uh
1: all in all there are some who may view this as comical but it is a very serious matter. Legal interference, illegal interference of a broadcast signal is a violation of federal law. Ah, okay. So it's actually a federal crime.
0: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those dudes were uh So there there was Our a Or pr- ladies, we went, we didn't see two of them so we can't Yeah, one of
1: them sounded probably like a man's voice, but even that is kind of hard to tell. You don't see anyone's face throughout the whole thing.
0: And on a vocoder. Yeah, or some sort of- Could be distorted into something. Sure.
1: Um, The closest, about five years ago, the closest anyone has really gotten, somebody posted on Reddit that he knew the two guys who did it. Mm. And it was this guy who lived in Chicago at the time and was heavy into the phone freaking scene. (laughs) Okay, I'm... Which we really don't have time to dive into at the moment. Yeah. And could be another episode onto its own. Maybe we will. But basically there were, in the 80s, uh, pre-internet, there were people who would hack phone networks to either gain access to things or to fuck with people. Um, and he posted on Reddit that he knew the two guys who did it. They had told him they had something, like, really big in the works and that the, he should watch the news on okay. this day back in 87. Okay. Um, and he never names the two of them. He refers to them only by their initials. Um, and this picked up a lot of steam five years ago, was actually reinvestigated, and these two individuals were, uh, within the last couple of years, officially cleared of doing anything.
0: Oh, interesting. And so they were, like, they were talking shit to their friends, like, oh, we, it was us, like...
1: I I, yeah, I don't know how or, or that this guy was, on Reddit was just like put it together years later. Like, oh, I knew these guys who would have maybe mm-hmm. been able to do this. And they said something weird as if they had some information about it.
0: Wouldn't there be like a statute of limitations on that? Like even five years ago, that would have been a 20 year old crime almost.
1: More than that, that is 87. Oh, to 25. So, yeah, 20, yeah. yeah. 24, 24. 25, yeah. yeah.
0: So like, wouldn't there be a statute of limitations on interrupting an episode of Dr. Who in Chicago. That's the thing. No
1: one... You see half of a dude's ass. Like, no one was hurt by this. Did he he say... He didn't swear. He didn't swear. There's no... I mean, obviously, showing your ass is an FCC violation. Oh,
0: well, yeah. You can't show butts.
1: There's no... He doesn't give the finger. There's no swearing. There's nothing, like... Aside from the water to the ass. Which is... (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're not really showing that on TV. But even that, like... You gotta let that go at some point, right? Like no one got yeah. hurt, no one lost any money, like no equipment was damaged. Yeah, and so,
0: yeah, I would. Twenty five years later, I feel like you'd get off. You would. There would be some statute of limitations shit on
1: that. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's like an active investigation into it at this point. Obviously, <laughs> right, right? Um, they did narrow down like where the transmission probably came from. Ooh, that's so interesting. The way that would have had to been done is basically if you aim a strong enough signal at the satellite dish that's transmitting WGN signal, if you aim a signal stronger than theirs at it, it will override it and broadcast whatever signal you're transmitting.
0: Cool. You gotta be shooting a big signal real high though, don't you?
1: Or you've gotta be really, really close. Or both. Hmm. So they would've had to have a pretty significant amount of gear. They would've had to have a straight line of sight to the wgn transmitter mm. which means they would have had to be really high up because at the time it was on the top of i don't remember what building, but a building yeah so you, you've got to be like you know 50 plus stories up you've got to have a, a really strong dish to tra- to transmit the signal mm. and you've got to have a clear clear shot at it crazy which means that this was also pre-recorded this wasn't happening live oh
0: so they had recorded a movie that they were broadcasting at it right
1: which also there there are a few like edits in the video so obviously it Mm. wasn't done live but yeah which so not necessarily it wasn't necessarily the same people who filmed the video that actually carried it out and transmitted it yeah i mean it may
0: have been but not necessarily not necessarily interesting too because that that wouldn't well, I'm just thinking out loud here, but like, wouldn't it stand to reason then that there was probably if it wasn't done live, that there was probably much more of like tape on that because depending on how or when they overrode or if they succeeded at a certain point or whatever, there would have had to have been more tape on either side so that whenever the signal did break through, if they uh-huh. had fixed it, then it would have pulled back off. And then there was probably more tape after that, etc. That'd be cool. I yeah, want I somebody I, to upload that to YouTube. Yeah, I, Show me I, the don't, whole I don't know the stadium. science of
1: like, as soon as you start broadcasting, does it immediately override the, the weaker signal? Yeah. That's a good question. I would imagine. Did they, did they have a plan for like, what if WGN didn't kick them off for an hour? Right. Did they have more stuff that they were going to run? Right. That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. Mm. I hope there is
0: God. I hope there's a video <laughs> somewhere of those three I mean, people. At, at, just at like, point, <laughs> if it's
1: been 30 years, I don't think that that shit's coming to light. That's true, which is kind of a bummer. Because even if you're a teenager when you did it, those people are damn near 50. Right. And they probably have, like,
0: families and real lives, and they're, like, yeah, not and, trying to go to I jail. And I don't know how,
1: if you couldn't prove any of it at the time, how
0: are you going to prove it now? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be such a long shot to be able to pull that down. That's so, wild. That's
1: the Max Headroom incident,
0: or, and, like, one
1: one hundredth of the Max Headroom incident, but that's about all we got time for. And they got away with it. It
0: did. For Man. Now. I mean for now yeah I suppose I mean if if someone else posts something wild on reddit who knows the FBI right. might be in their bonnets yeah. and or someone comes out some and says
1: yeah I did it this is how I did it fuck you guys it's been 30 years you can't do anything and I about think this, it I think this was actually pretty funny to be <laughs> right. honest like right. let's all have a sense of humor and carry on that's my kind of federal crime no one gets hurt it's funny <laughs> there's there's some butts involved <laughs> definitely butts doctor who sucked in the 80s anyway <laughs>
0: Very sick, burn. I'm with it. Isn't Doctor Who a British show? Yes. So they took a British character, it's patriotic, and put it over a British show. Yeah. So next meta. Level. Next level. Next level. Um, all right. Awesome. Uh, when we come back uh, with the episode, what if you got away with it on the What If podcast? We're going to talk about the only. I, I believe this is true. The only successful. Case of aviation piracy in the history of the United States. One of one. One of one. This shit ain't regular, man. We'll be right back. We want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email hi, that's H-I, at whatifpodcast.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. We're back, it's the What a Podcast. Hi, Spencer. What's happening? How you is. Oh, you know, about as good as I was before we took a break. What happens? Nah, you're, uh, no, so you're better. You know you're better. Yeah, you're right. You got a fresh drink. A little bit better every day. Your bladder's alleviated. We good. Fuck yeah. We good.
1: Uh, so we're talking about what if you got away with it?
0: We are. talked about Max Headroom. We did. Uh, That's, that face is going to haunt my dreams. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, and and next, we're going to talk about, dude, I'm psyched about this one. I, I I stumbled across this, and I was stoked to talk about it on What If. Uh, we're going to talk about the only, I'm going to call him an air pirate, man. He's an air pirate. I think that's the best way to put okay. it. I mean, it's, it's by far the most fun way of putting it. Good. Then we're, that's, just, that's what we're about here. He's the only successful air pirate in the history of the United States. Cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My guy DB Cooper. DB Cooper. Slash or
1: Dan Cooper.
0: Dan. Yeah. As he uh we'll say introduced himself. So, real quick, before we get into the story. My man.
1: The reason for the Twin Peaks sounders throughout the the episode today. Uh huh.
0: So Agent Dale that Cooper. Show. <laughs> uh you mean one of the greatest shows of all time? I know. I enjoy I enjoyed it. I need to I need to finish. I need to go back and finish it. So, the main character on that show, Agent
1: Dale Cooper. Gs.
0: Federal Bureau of Investigation, Special Agent Dale Cooper.
1: <laughs> His, <laughs> You you just set it up so you can
0: play that sample. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is why I run my own podcast and I do what I want, okay?
0: So we can have soundboards that we believe in. It's
1: mostly so like I can watch Twin Peaks, and then when my wife comes in and asks what I'm doing, I can say I'm working. I'm working. Yeah. I'm working here. (laughs) Settle down. I'm working here. So, Dale Cooper, Dale Bartholomew Cooper. Dale Bartholomew Cooper. In classic David Lynch style. Is actually named after our guy, D.B. Cooper. Is a reference to D.B. Cooper. The world's most successful air
0: pirate, D.B. Cooper. Very much the most successful because he's the only successful. Whatever. Most, only. Both. Yeah. Why not both? All right. So break it down for us. What happened? We're in Portland, Oregon. Yep. So that's where our story begins. That's where Dan Cooper begins, at least as far as we know, Dan. Uh, Dan is in Portland, Oregon on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, 20, Wednesday, the 24th of November of the year, 1971
1: day before Thanksgiving,
0: the day before th- right. Cause Thanksgiving is on Thursday. So it's yep. so, okay. So day before Thanksgiving, this fool walks into an airport in Portland. I don't know which one. I don't know if it was the biggest one. It doesn't really matter. I think there's
1: only one, isn't there?
0: Well, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know if it was Pete, help us. I suppose <laughs> Peter, <laughs> Peter. Um, we need him to like stranger thing things us when like make the lights flash up to like answer questions for us. Yeah. From, um, (laughs) from the upside down. Cool reference, bro. Thank you. It's very topical. You guys should watch this really cool new show that everyone's talking about. I really hope this episode comes out in like March. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so Dan Cooper walks in and like, I think it's important to this entire story that like flying is so different now than it was in 1971 like there were no there were almost no rules because commercial aviation hadn't started like as a fairly new thing until like i think the 60s yeah so like we're talking about like a a thing that's less than 10 years old and back in those days was it really that recent commercial aviation i mean we can look it up but i like i know that it, it wasn't like commercial aviation wasn't like a real thing in the 50s was it i have no idea i don't know i'm gonna just I'm not going to look that up and I'm going to in my mind, like
1: flying commercial in the seventies is like you pay $20 yes, to get from Portland to LA yes. and you get on the plane and you have free scotch
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. free Coke. And it's
0: very like cocaine or Coca-Cola. Yes. Okay, I mean,
1: both. both. <laughs> We've scaled down recently. Now Bummer. it's just free Coca-Cola. I want to fly in actual the seventies, man. That sounds really There fun. would be like. A polar bear rug and like <laughs> a fucking fireplace. Uh
0: excuse me, Stewardess. Can I get a can I get a blanket? Oh, here's your polar bear rug, sir, to and like wrap around seven your shoulders
1: for every passenger. That's what I'm imagining flying coach in the seventies
0: was like. I mean, I, I'm not gonna disagree with you because I don't know any different. Right. So, so we'll I'm gonna say I'm, right. okay. I'm gonna say yes a hundred percent.
1: So D B Cooper, Dan Cooper, whatever. Yep. Agent Dale Bartholomew Cooper. Yes, sir. He boards a flight from
0: Portland to where? He to Seattle. Okay. And actually, your are like a ten-minute flight, isn't it? Uh, it cost him twenty bucks. So your your line about it costing twenty dollars is actually one hundred percent true. I mean, I've but driven from Portland to Seattle, and it took like two hours. Yeah, that was a flight. You could was back in the day. Okay. That's what that's what that's what I'm told. That's All what, right. that's what right. they say. So um, so this dude hops on. A 727, which will be important later okay. uh, with about a third of a flight of people and he's in the air after about like less than like less than 30 minutes and he says to the stewardess via a note that he hands to her. well actually the story I heard which is I like so much more, he hands her a note Dan cooper hands yeah. hands the uh hands the stewardess a note. She she basically throws it on the floor because she thinks this dude is giving her a number like he, she thinks this See, dude is hitting on her.
1: I think there must be a lot of versions of the story floating around, though.
0: Probably. I'm because sure there's tons. This I've story also is-
1: I've also heard a version of the story in which he dictated a note to her to deliver to the pilot. Yes. Is this part of the same story? It is. Oh, OK. Sorry. Then I'll stop interrupting.
0: you. No, it's OK. <laughs> Basically he the 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 story is that he handed her a piece of paper and she drops it on the floor going I don't want this note and he she, basically she leans over after he kind of taps her on the shoulder and she says uh like what the fuck do you want and right. he goes um miss you probably want to pick that piece of paper up I have a bomb she picks it up and he on this piece of paper has written basically instructions to the pilot about like what's about to go down okay And what he says... And and he is indeed strapped with a bomb. So, uh, we don't know if it was a bomb or not. I mean, did did he have like some, yes. So this goes back to flying in 1971. Just the, just the note that yes. said, I have a bomb. Yes. Was, okay. this, uh, so this goes back to flying in 1971 where apparently they didn't check you for anything. You could bring your coat yeah, you? and your cigarettes and your bombs. guns and bombs. <laughs> Everyone was like, cool briefcase, bro. What's in it? But don't care. Don't yeah. care. Carry on with your day. So she's like, she asks him, you know, like, Hey, like, do you do you have a bomb? Prove like, it. oh my god, you have a bomb! Yeah. And he cracks suitcase open. She sees some wires and some red cylinders. She's like, you know what? That's enough. Close, yeah, close that's enough. Sure, I'm gonna okay. go. I, I'm gonna stray on the side of bomb and more than not bomb. Yep. So she delivers his note to the cabin, and we find out later through interviews with her that the note basically says, "Hey, we're about to land in Seattle. When we get there, I would like a truck to refuel this plane, this 727, okay, Boeing 727." Uh, I would like four parachutes okay, and I would like $200,000. Do we know why it was four? So what I have heard is that you ask for four parachutes because you don't know if they're going to give you fakes or real ones unless they think that you might take hostages with you. Uh, So if you go, I'm going to make a pilot jump with me they so can't give the
1: pilot a, a fake parachute. They can't,
0: they can't just give you four fake ones and kill a pilot Smart. inadvertently. Smart. okay. So you ask for multiple parachutes in hopes that you can get... You can get uh, at least one real one. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, and they are gonna stray on the side of, shit, I should probably only give real ones because right. I don't wanna... I don't wanna risk the fact that we might kill somebody.
1: Okay. Four parachutes, <laughs> refueled plane. Yep.
0: And... Two hundred K in cash. Two hundred K in cash. Which, for those who are wondering, nineteen seventy one to two thousand sixteen, we're looking at about like one two to one five million dollars in terms of 1. what 2 that two to one point five million. Correct in terms Damn. of like what that translates to. Okay, so dude, so dude is we're not, like, yeah, we're not messing around. Dude's not, kind of not messing around. Yep. Um, and basically, they circle Seattle for two hours while they get all of this. Stuff in order for Mister Dan Cooper, and they land.
1: Who's who's pulling these things together? Like where did that million dollars or
0: what? Well, two hundred thousand dollars come from? Yeah, so it came from the airline. Apparently, the airline. I think the airline. Two hundred k in cash. They made it happen. I think. I think it had something to do with like they basically liquidated something at a nearby bank or uh, like made it happen. Because weren't the the notes the twenty dollars bills that he got? Weren't they?
1: Didn't they like track the serial numbers of the, of the actual bills somehow? They
0: did. So how does that happen if they're pulling this together in like an hour and the airline is funding it? I have no idea, but I think the only thing I can think of is that in some capacity, there are chunks of cash in a bank somewhere that already have that information somewhere. So like if, like if you go to a bank and you go. Northwest
1: Airlines sent somebody over to the nearest bank in Seattle and they were like, Hey. Uh, or being robbed we need 200 grand in sequential bills
0: 20s right what is it and tell somebody to write down what they are right as in like the chunks of cash they already have at the bank are these are serial numbers x through whatever because that's just like the cash they have on hand that's fresh cash or whatever
1: okay so he gets these
0: things so so this is so this is an interesting part of it. So later, so later in the stories, this dude land they land in Seattle successfully. Yep. He says, "I want the stuff that I've requested, and I'll let all of the passengers on this flight go." And the and one of the weird things in the whole process, uh, everyone who was interviewed after the fact, this dude was well dressed. Okay, yeah, so he we, was wearing a, a wearing a suit, correct? Mid forties dude wearing a black suit, black tie, white shirt. He's got a trench coat over it. He's carrying his briefcase, no other baggage with him. So he's the, like
1: the bomb was in the suit. Bomb suitcase, was in the briefcase. The, the
0: briefcase. And, mm-hmm. Yep. And ostensibly that was the only thing that he had on him that he was traveling yeah. with. Apparently he was extremely kind and like wasn't like wild. He wasn't like, I've got a Like get down, he, yeah, <laughs> get <to> those <laughs> Like he wasn't freaking out. He was like, I, "Hey, like this yeah. is what's happening. Let's all just follow what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, give me your um, money, and let's all move on with our days." Yeah, yeah, like even one of the one of the reports, like one of the um one of the flight attendants who was interviewed after the fact said that as they were circling, he was realizing it was taking longer, mm-hmm. so he made mention to the pilots like. You can radio to them that I'm forcing them to bring food if you guys are hungry because we are going to have another flight after this. Like ostensibly, he understands that they're going to take off again and fly. So apparently, he was like saying to them, "Hey, if you guys are hungry, like I'll radio or I'll, I'll, oh, I'll I you, you can say I'm one of my you, demands
1: is that I'm that we <laughs> need, need food here. I need seven sandwiches before we take off. Again. Bring <laughs> me some Domino's pizza. Okay." Um, so like, so he was he's pretty being, chill about holding them up for 200 and like, grand and being yeah.
0: kind to the people on the yeah. airplane, you know, okay. he's not like slapping people around and stuff. Right. So they and, land, and no one was hurt in this whole process. Nobody right? was hurt. So they, so they land, they kick off all the passengers. He gets his, he gets his, uh, his parachutes and his money and they refill the plane and it's him and I think three pilots and they take back off again. Now, one of the interesting things about landing is He's got all of these instructions that he's passing to the pilots while they're while they're sort of touched down and waiting for their delivery of stuff. One of which is turn out all the lights and hit all the shades because he's worried that there are police snipers who are going to try to see him from inside. So he's like, they say, how did that plane possibly take off again? I mean, they let him do it. Like once the passengers are off. They got three pilots on there and a seven twenty-seven and a dude. And I also think if you think about it, like I don't think that this had a ton of uh um there there weren't like a lot of these no I don't think a ton of people had hijacked seven twenty seven. There was, yeah, there was the no past. precedent for like how, how to proceed in this situation. We, yeah, yeah, what how do we keep these dudes safe? Do we storm it? Whatever. Sure. So a single dude in plain clothes walks up, delivers the stuff after everybody gets off or during or before or whatever. And he's got very specific instructions. He says he wants to go to Mexico. And so he starts filling the pilots in on like, this is, this is the degrees we're taking. And this is the speed. So he actually knew like the the course. So this is the interesting part about this case is Dan Cooper. He knew where he wanted to go. He won't knew he, he was telling them that the plane needed to fly at a maximum of 10,000 feet in the air and that it needed to fly the slowest speed possible to not have the engine stall. And apparently 727s are one of the only airplanes that can fly lower than 10,000 feet only going a hundred miles per hour in the sky and not have their engine stall. So like there's all okay. this speculation about the fact that this dude knew so he, stuff. He had some pretty specific yeah. information. Like he knew shit about planes. He knew shit about aviation. He knew well, shit about where they were going and how he wanted to get there. Okay. Or at least ostensibly where he wanted to send the plane. Right. Because he, he did where he not wanted make to go. it to Mexico. He did not make it to Mexico. Hence the four parachutes. So what he yeah. did at some point back over Oregon... He so this flight path was Seattle to Seattle Mexico back southeast. He, they, he, I, I believe he was. I believe he told the pilots interviewed afterwards said that he had told them they wanted to go to Mexico City, and okay. they said we can only fly like 1,200 miles at a time, so we're going to have to refuel between here and uh, Mexico City. And he said, fine, we'll land in Reno if you guys think that's like a decent enough midway point. He's thinking like the whole world thinks that I've got a giant bomb and I'm going to blow up a 727 so I can safely land in Reno again, refuel and carry on my way to Mexico. So they go cool. So they're headed southeast because they want to go to Reno first and then Mexico City. Sure. But... At uh, about, I don't know. I mean, it can't be more than an hour into the flight. I was gonna say, they didn't make it very far. No, over Oregon, while they're flying very low and very slow... So one of the things, the reason that it being a 727 is wicked important is because 727s, you know how like when you see a stalled jet, not a stalled jet, but like a, like no. a jet that event. <laughs> <a> no, <laughs> I meant like a, a jet that's like on a runway that like they're evacuating. Cause there's like smoke or there's like a problem, whatever they have the side doors where like the, the, um, oh, the staircases like the come down. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So 727s have those in the back in the butt, the underside of the tail of the, okay of it. Like you know how when you see uh people parachuting out of like, like military cargo, cargo plane planes, military yeah, plane they have that thing that drops down. Yeah, 727s are like that, but it's a staircase. Okay. So that's how you like could get on and off the plane, but it's mm-hmm. on the back butt. And okay. the reason that's important is because so apparently if you were to jump out of the side of an airplane of like a different like a 37 or a 47, you could get incinerated, engine. incinerated by that exhaust, actually. Apparently, the exhaust okay. coming out the ass of the engine is so hot that it could basically burn you to death in, like, a couple in seconds. A second. So if you just leapt out into the path of the engine, you'd be dead it's in over. a second. Yeah. But because it's the butt end of the tail and it's low enough, you can go down those stairs, fly away from there, and the engines on the wings won't even be close to you. So an, you said roughly an hour into this flight? I don't know if that's exactly right. It was like something but like 45 ish minutes pretty quick after pretty takeoff. Pretty quick into takeoff. He, he, he obviously had no intention of taking his ass to Reno. Right.
1: So he he somehow and he was the one to lower the staircase? He was. So he lowers the staircase, straps on one of these parachutes. Yep. and jumps out. Correct. With Not taking anyone
0: with him. Leaving nobody everyone with else on board. Him. He took two parachutes. He left two on board. He bounces out the back with the money Tied to his waist using the straps from one of the other parachutes, so he bails somewhere
1: over Oregon mm-hmm. with a parachute and two hundred grand yep. strapped to
0: him. The plane circles back around, lands in Portland with the with the ass staircase still down because there's only like two or three guys on board who are the ones yeah, like I, fucking and, flying it, right. so they don't have a lot of time to go back and like deal with the staircase. And they all land and they're a hundred percent fine. Dan and, Cooper as we know him has never been found, never been identified, never been seen. What do these things mean? What do <laughs> these things mean? He's the only successful. That is a player. wild story. It is a wild story, man. So this was, you
1: said 71, 71. So we're looking at 40, 45 years ago.
0: hmm.
1: Whoa. So DB Cooper may, may not even be alive. Because you said he was, four, he appeared to be like forty-ish, mid forties is what the what the flight so, crew put so him at. So this dude's
0: still around. He's in his eighties or maybe not, maybe even nineties. That's kind of what they think is is eighties or nineties if he is still alive. Yikes! So this they dude f- got away with it. Like that, it's not happening at this point. He, so, yeah, no, I mean, a hundred percent. They found so they found a brick of money in a forest in Portland that matched serial numbers from the bank. Okay. That brick of money was only something like a few thousand dollars. It was found in like, I want to say like the eighties, like 82, fi- 5,800. Okay. Thank you. So, you and know, it this was, one, it was found
1: in a river actually. Yeah.
0: It was like on the bank of a river, right? Yeah. Um, and it, and by, it, by
1: a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like playing in the river and found six grand. Oh, cool. Bye guys. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that matched the serial numbers of the, of the bills they had given Cooper. Yes. And that was, that was like 1980. Eighty. It was
0: relatively soon after. Sure. Well, that still would have been almost ten years. Sure, but I mean, in the, out, in out the of scheme of things, yeah. yes, but still, like a ten year later clue, kind of. And that, and he left his tie on the plane. He did. He he. he it was a clip on, and he unclipped his clip on before he hopped. And they're saying that um, there's some DNA on it, but they don't know whose DNA it was. Right, so they've never been able to even like remotely try to use it to convict anybody,
1: and those were the only really the only two pieces of evidence right,
0: yeah, the only other one that I um have read about is that there was a placard with instructions on how to lower a staircase for a uh seven twenty seven that was found in a similar wooded area to um to where the money was found on the mm-hmm. riverbank. Uh, by a hunter this was after the money itself was found and okay. they think that that actually came out with him like as in like oh I'm reading my placard to lower this lowers it it either yeah, flies, yeah, it flies out flies, the window yeah. or it's in his pocket as he's jumping out sure. or whatever All right. Um, you we gotta, gotta move on let's move on man Uh, he got away with it Dan got away with it great job Dan fuck yeah Dan fuck yeah Dan nice air piracy bruh All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we got one more story for you before we we get out of here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oceans eleven all y'all's asses. Oh snap! I'm not gonna rob you, but I am gonna tell you a story about a Vegas robbery that has a crazy twist at the end, and I'm psyched to talk to y'all about it. All right, let's do it. We'll be back. the what if podcast hey yo we're back it's the what if podcast oh yeah today we're talking about what if you got away with it Mm -hmm. um and we've had a couple stories of people who got away way 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 with it we got one more we got one more what do you got i got a really all right i'm i've been pumped about this one man i've been doing some research okay I think I've always been I've always been thrilled by the concept of like the Vegas heist, you know, like, oh,
1: oh, oh,
0: (laughs) freaking rights. She did. And her name Mm -hmm. is Heather Catherine Tallchief and Heather Tallchief robbed a casino. And actually, I shouldn't say it's just she because she had an accomplice. okay, but I'm going to rewind you. uh. The day is Friday in we're in October. I don't have an actual day in October, but we are in October on a Friday in the year 1993. Okay. We'll say it was uh, October 14th. I don't know if that was a Friday in nope. October in that nope. year. It was. <laughs> it was. It's uh, Mercury's in retrograde. I think it was, it, it, it's speaking to me. It's this time. <laughs> um, I, I hate your story already. Uh, no.
1: So, <laughs> or maybe just you. That's, yeah. Hey. Show me what you got.
0: <laughs> so Heather Tallchief has recently moved to Las Vegas from San Francisco. Okay. She's not, um, she doesn't have things figured out. Well, we'll, we'll say it that way. Uh, kind of been bopping around. What, what does that mean? Kind of doing a lot of drugs in San Francisco. Oh, kind of been job the job. Not really, like. She doesn't really have things figured out. She's yet. struggling. She's struggling. Okay. To the point where she decides to rob a casino. Hang on with me. So she moves to, she moves to Vegas, right? And she gets a job as a driver for Loomis, which is an armored car company in Vegas that caters to yep. the casinos in I'm, Vegas. I'm familiar. They're around here too. They are. Yeah. I guess yeah. They're, maybe they're nationwide. I'm not sure. She's been at the job for six weeks. Uh, Heather Tallchief is working with a crew of two dudes, and the reason that it's important that it's a Friday is because Fridays at the casino are really big days because they're in preparation for the weekend. So a lot of what Loomis does on Fridays, now and in the past, is they go to the casino and they go fill out. Every ATM in the casino. So and then they go to the next casino and they fill every so ATM in the more casino cash than they are on other days. Significantly more okay. cash. Because they're going to go to multiple, they're not taking money out. It's a Friday. They're mm-hmm. going to all the casinos and they're refilling to the max all of the casinos. Cause obviously the casinos want everybody to have hella cash to play with. Right. Her job is drop two dudes off at one entrance of Circus Circus. I mean multiple casinos, but it, this happened at Circus Circus. Drop two okay. dudes off at, at Circus Circus. They go in with a big bag of money. Not, Of course, not all the money, but a big bag of money. Drop these dudes off with a bag of money. They go in. They walk from station to station to station, having each other's backs. They refill all the ATMs. We'll meet you on the other side of the casino. Granted, I mean, if you, anyone's ever been to Vegas, I know you've been to Vegas. Oh, mm. you have you been to Vegas? I actually haven't. Too. You haven't been to Vegas. We need to go to Vegas. Um, Can't argue with that. <laughs> word. Um, but some of the floors are like really big. So they're like, Hey, you know, meet us on the other side and the, you know, the South entrance in 20 minutes. And we'll, and that's the amount of time that we need to sort of fill all our stuff. Okay. Her two, uh, her two male coworkers step out the door of the South entrance 20 minutes after, uh, after Heather Tallchief has dropped them off at Circus Circus and she's not there. Okay, and they're supposed to get back in the truck to go to the next casino to do the next she, thing to so she go fill ATMs.
1: Nor the truck are there. They're both gone.
0: She nor the truck are, are, okay. are there. They're initially concerned because like. Not uncommon in any era for armored truck drivers to be like is kidnapped, or robbed, the, the truck or, is also carrying a significant amount of money, correct? Right. Cause this is at so this happened at 8 a.m. and they were starting their run of like morning casino drops to prepare for Friday so night and Saturday night. Bunch of cash still in the truck. They had about three million dollars in cash still in the truck. Damn. Okay. So they walk out, armor truck is gone. She has left. Circus Circus mm-hmm. and has driven to an industrial area in Las Vegas where there is a sign that says armored car repair spoiler alert super a warehouse that does not do armored car repair Yep. It is a warehouse that her boyfriend has rented for her to pull the armored car inside of, so that they can unload money from the armored car in peace, without being argued with, or what the fuck are you doing, or without mm-hmm. having to go significantly far away from, uh, from like the Vegas area. Okay. Her boyfriend Robert Solis has rented out this area under the uh, this this warehouse like garage area. Telling the landlord that basically, like he he does repair on armored cars, so like don't worry if you see an armored car in here, sure. That's why it's there because I'm I'm specialized in fixing them. Yeah. Again, spoiler alert: he's super not. Uh, They they take the money. Robert forces Heather into a wheelchair, a gray wig, an old woman glasses, and old woman clothes. He forces, as in, she was not. Well, aware of this part
1: of the plan or so give what, me like what do you mean?
0: A, give me a couple minutes and I'm going to get back to this because this okay. is sort of what's interesting. Okay. She she gets into this garb. He uh, takes her to a chartered small engine plane like a Cessna, whatever. Mm-hmm. They fly it to Denver. They dismount from Denver with their luggage this is, in wait, Denver. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Maybe I, maybe yeah, I yeah. missed this. Yeah, yeah. They have, they have money with them Oh, sorry. Nope. Didn't didn't explain that correctly. They do not have money with them. Well, they have some money with them. Most of the money they was placed into cardboard boxes in the warehouse area and dropped at a shipping point to be shipped to another location. Okay. In Miami.
1: So they unloaded the three mil or so that was in this car. Yes. Packed it into some sort of cardboard boxes and
0: they're shipping it to, you said Miami, I believe Miami. And I believe there were other destinations that are unknown or undocumented or some version of that. Some of it went to Miami, but there were other, I know there were other locations that people don't know. And in the meantime, they hopped in a plane to Denver. Yes. After that was done, they hop in a plane to Denver. They get out in Denver. They get Mm -hmm. on an airplane. They fly to Amsterdam they still without any of that cash. Uh, they have some on them, but not a, Just whatever they could like fit in their pockets. Yeah. You can't, okay. I mean, $3 million, you can yeah. yeah okay. You know, 10, 20 grand, 30 grand, but you're not, you know, you're not showing yeah. up in Amsterdam with, with can't a few. carry
1: 3 million of cash through customs.
0: Yeah. No. Nah, nah. Um, Robert Solis has never been heard from again. Do we Heather, know if he actually got that money? Yes. Well, we think he did. So here's the twist. so, all right, go ahead. On Thursday, September 15th, 2005, Heather Tallchief appears. So, wait, this happened, the robbery happened in 93? The robbery happened in
1: 1993. Okay. So in oh five, Heather shows up
0: where? Almost 12 years later, she shows up at the U.S. Marshal's office in Los Angeles, California, and turns herself in. This case had almost literally been closed. Mm-hmm. Pressure gone. These people had literally, there were no clues. They weren't in the country. So right. they- or mean, as far as people knew, they weren't, yeah. And they, and both, as far as is known, they actually weren't. Like when they left Denver on that day, they never came back until okay. she flew in right around that time, walked into the, the U.S. Marshal's office in Los Angeles, California, and turned herself in. Do we know why? She says- She couldn't, she wanted to stop running. She, so, okay, so here's what happened. So, as she says. (laughs) Jesus. That same week, she had flown back from Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Her lawyer requested an interview with NBC Dateline to tell her side of the story before she ever turned herself into the Marshalls. And then she turned herself in forty eight hours after, in a private hotel room in Los Angeles, she met with NBC Dateline and told her entire version of the story, her entire interview of what had happened. Why? She apparently couldn't live with the guilt. She had a ten year old son. But she did for twelve years. Yeah. So she had a ten. That was her threshold. She had a ten year old son who was with with dude that she committed the robbery, robbery with. Okay. She says, so this is what she says happened. She says that she was under his control the entire time. She's 21. This dude is 46. He had already shot and killed an armored car driver and done 20 years in prison for the murder of an armored car driver many years before. And that's, that's been validated. Or yeah, th- no, this, saying that. No, this did happen. Okay. This dude this dude is known as this dude. He's got like 30 aliases. Okay. She dated him in San Francisco. They moved to to Vegas together. He's the one that pushed her to get the job as an armored car driver. She says that okay. she would come home and before she would go to work, he would play videotapes for her that had weird messages and weird sort of like tie-dyed visuals and he would Whoa. force physically force her to watch them before she would go to work every day Holy over shit. and over again he had weird like So he was doing like some mk ultra brainwashing yeah, shit on her. he had some weird like Yikes. temples in the apartment with like what? goat's blood and skulls wait, and wait, candles where, and on, shit where's this information coming from her so she's saying I know. I'm just saying. And it's
1: not, that's not like independently validated anywhere else. Well, they did. Because that could very much just be her being like. No, it totally wasn't me. No, no, no.
0: But they did go to their apartment because they shared an apartment in Vegas before they left. Okay. And there was some weird shit in the apartment, including, I think the, the, like the temple altar thing has been confirmed. It, there was also like multiple IDs, like fake IDs with different aliases and names okay, and shit. So it corroborates some of what she saying. Some of it. Okay. But she definitely in the Dateline interview is like, he forced me to do it. I was scared for my life. He took my gun. He made me do this, which I'm not saying I disagree right. or agree, but it's but also kind of convenient. It seems pretty concerted for her yeah. to go. I've been on the lam for a long time. If I come back and this dude has already fucked off with all the money but after 12 years, like what's the, so how much longer would she have had to wait until that was just a dead case? She didn't have money is the problem. So apparently what happened was they went to Amsterdam and, she got pregnant and freaked out and was like, "I've got a kid. This dude's kind of crazy. I don't know what to do, but I gotta like get away from him." She bounces and doesn't have the now money. She's just
1: overseas with a kid. Now and no she's money. overseas
0: with a child and has no money, and she knows that she's basically being wanted. Both kind of nationally but that was and 10 internationally. Years before she came back, so what the hell was she doing for a decade? Working out there and met a new dude who apparently like knew her situation. She leaves her ten year old kid with the dude. That she was like her new husband and yeah. says, I need to go right my wrongs. I think she couldn't bear it anymore, man. I think she couldn't bear it. I think so, she felt. So what happened? She go to jail? She did. She went home. She was facing like everything, like larceny, fraud, like right. you stole three million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like you like pretty much literally every felony count you can possibly put on a person was immediately well, what they charged her for. Right. Uh, no, nothing violent. There was no, there was no guns used in the crime. Okay. But still, like yeah, Grand Theft. Like you're doing a ton right, yeah, of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stealing she was facing three million dollars like, is pretty serious. Yeah, even she's, she's looking at later. like 30, 40 years, including really? like even at that point. Yeah, because you're uh, you're evading evading arrest, uh, yeah, leaving the, the country, co- yeah, okay, like okay. all that stuff sure, tacked sure. on. You got like I think there was like eight felonies involved or something like that. Damn. She comes back and pleads out to okay. lesser charges, mm-hmm. and she does five years in prison. She got out about six years ago. We don't know much about her since like there's very little about her. I believe there was some element of the dateline thing and the lawyer. They were trying to sell her story of this, this fantastical, strange, mind melding yeah. crime of robbing a casino for three million dollars successfully like maybe under mind
1: control by yeah, yeah, tr- a satan worshiper exactly <laughs> dude exactly
0: they're trying to sell this story to hollywood around the same time thinking wait she, when was this dayline interview again 2000 it was 2005 so right before she turned herself in like the and week then, she and turned then herself she did in. six years and so she's been out for like four or, four five, or five, five years or something? ostensibly okay. yeah i mean i don't we don't know, like, I don't, I have not seen, she has been released. I mean, I would think you would try and, like, keep a low profile after I would out. too, but I also think that's a big enough case that they would say, like, you know. Might pop up in the news Master somewhere. Thief Criminal yeah. would have come up. I mean, like, all of the stories about her turning herself in, getting away with it, and then 12 years later, turning herself that, in. That's crazy as hell. Yeah. Turning herself in every, like... All of those stories are in the LA Times and the Washington Post and the New York Times. Nothing after that. Nothing after that. So I don't know. I don't know if it just if the story died, if it wasn't interesting anymore or what. But or um, maybe she was not being entirely honest about it. Potentially. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But she has a lot of family in the States too, which is a big part of what people kind of speculate that she needed to not only make amends, but was like Hey, like I got nothing out here, but at least I've and got I some haven't family seen back my family home in a decade. Yeah. I can go like, maybe I can Wait, plead so into nothingness or make some money off the Hollywood story. Go see my family again. Maybe get my kid back. Maybe go back and yeah, get so my did, kid. Did Her,
1: her kid ever come to the U S or is he still in? I don't,
0: um, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't, in Europe. I couldn't really find anything like after, okay, so probably not after she got sentenced to five years. So she was facing 40. She yeah, pled I guess to you're five not give custody
1: probably to a, Someone who's in jail for five years for Pro- eight felonies, probably, and not. fled the country, probably
0: yeah. not. But I mean, the, you know, she well, and that could. kid's not a citizen either, huh? Mm, probably not. Well, two two American parents born overseas. I don't know how that works. Oh, right. Yeah, kid was born. Kid was born yeah, in I Amsterdam or wherever they were living in Europe. We don't even right. really know. I don't but know yeah i mean who knows if she even went back or wanted to go damn. back or whatever but yeah so she she for all intents and purposes got away with it she did they and got then, away with it they had well money. i mean he,
1: he permanently got away with it right. But she
0: did and then and came back and turned herself and in couldn't handle it damn it's real it's not Ocean's Eleven. Ain't no happy ending where people look at fountains well, I mean, listening to. She's out there living her life now. It's. I mean, it could I be, guess she had to be, be five worse. in the clink to do it. But well, I mean, she made that choice. It would have been 40 though. if she had done it differently. It's real. It's very real. Too, Too pro- real. <laughs> Too real. <laughs> that's what we got uh, for today on the What oh, If yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got away with it. And um, that's all we got for today on the What If it's podcast. It's going to do it. Spencer, you got any last wise words for the people of the internet? Alright squad, be safe Be safe, we'll see you next time on the What If Podcast Bye! Love you, bye, peace! Thanks for listening to the What If Podcast For show notes, transcripts, and links from today's episodes, visit whatifpodcast.com